The glare of streetlights can block the light of a trillion stars, the same way an endless stream of useless internet videos can block the internal ache of our hearts for something eternal. Hello friends and welcome. In this episode, I'd like to share with you a sermon that I wrote for an outreach in 2016. When we lived in China, one of my favorite events of the whole year was a Christmas concert that we did at the oldest church building in all of mainland China in Xiamen. And every year we would have this Christmas concert and friends would come together and we'd play music together and there would always be a gospel presentation. And it was my one of my favorite events, church events of the whole year, because inevitably there would be hundreds of people there who were new to the church. And for many of them, it would be their first time ever setting foot in a church building. And for many of them, the first time that they would ever hear the gospel. And so I absolutely loved it. And probably the thing I miss the most about living in China is having the opportunity to talk about Jesus with people who had never heard of him. But I'd love to share this with you. The original sermon would have been delivered in English and Chinese because the audience was mixed uh, between expats and local Chinese people. Uh, but as I read the script, I'm just going to read it in English. And also throughout the sermon, there are scripture references that I put in there for my own information. But at the time of delivering the sermon, I wouldn't have cited all of these scriptures because for a non-Christian audience, it really wouldn't have made much difference to them. And they wouldn't have known what I was talking about if I just started mentioning, you know, Luke 14, 26 to 27. That would just be confusing to that particular audience. But as I read the script that I wrote out for that year, I'll go ahead and include the Bible verses because the ideas are so marvelous that uh, sometimes we just need to go back to where they came from, which is, of course, the Bible. And so I'll be including the scripture references as I read this script. But back in 2016, this is what I preached. It says, One of the reasons I love the Christmas season is because it affords us the opportunity to reflect. Life in our modern age has afforded us many conveniences and luxuries. However, it is also very effective at preventing things like stillness, silence, and contemplation. The Bible says that if we are still, we can actually become aware of God. Psalm 46, verse 10. It is as though God has put a homing beacon in each one of us that draws us to Him. Ecclesiastes 3.11 This Christmas season, I want to encourage you to pry moments of your life away from the constant deluge of stimulation that has come to define our modern era. In a big city, it can be difficult to find stillness or silence. The city lights literally blind us from seeing the countless stars that God has made to broadcast His awesomeness. Did you know that so far scientists have discovered 10 sextillion stars? That's a 10 with 22 zeros behind it. It would take 317 trillion years to count every star that we know of so far, counting at one star per second. 
Did you know that our solar system is approximately 5.5 trillion miles in diameter? And astronomers tell us that the size of our solar system compared to the Milky Way galaxy is the relative size of a quarter, 25 cents, to the North American continent? God created the universe so that it would point us to something bigger than ourselves. The universe shouts to us that there is an all-powerful, all-wise creator. And yet we miss it. The glare of streetlights can block the light of a trillion stars, the same way an endless stream of useless internet videos can block the internal ache of our hearts for something eternal. Modernity offers us inexhaustible anesthetizations that numb the pain, telling us that things are not right. But tonight, as I share with you, I want you to let your heart feel God speaking to you. Hebrews 4.7 Tonight, as I share with you, I am confident of one thing, that as I share with you, the Spirit of God is going to confirm in your heart that what I am telling you is true. Romans 10.17 And then you will have a decision. You can receive what God wants to say to you, or you can harden your heart and reject it. You see, God is reaching out to you. The same God that made the heavens and the earth, the God that you intuitively know exists, before you may have been trained to ignore Him. He wants to be with you. It's time for you to change the way you think. God's reign is close to you. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came to demonstrate what God's kingdom is like and to make a way for us to enter into it. You see, what keeps us from entering into his kingdom is our current life. Luke 14, 26 to 27. The life we inherited from our parents cannot inherit God's kingdom. 1 Corinthians 15, 50. This is why Jesus said to enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again. John 3, 3 to 5. This is why you have a longing in your heart, an emptiness, because you are not connected to God. That disconnectedness is sin, and we all inherited it from Adam. Jesus came to destroy that disconnectedness by taking our sin upon himself. 1 Corinthians 15.3, 1 Peter 2.24 When Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for your sin to give his life as a ransom to save you. Matthew 20.28 Jesus was God's son. Every descendant of Adam is under sin and cannot ransom another's life. Psalm 49, 7. Any more than a murderer about to receive the death penalty could receive the death penalty again on behalf of another murderer. But Jesus was without sin. And out of his great love for us, he bore our separation from God. Matthew 27, 46. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 so that we could be united to God. 1 Corinthians 6.17, John 17.21 Through what Jesus did when he died on the cross, God puts all the pleasure he has in Jesus on you and all the wrath he has toward you on Jesus. This is how much God loves us. Romans 5.8 He makes us his sons, 
1 John 3, 1. And so what Jesus offers us is an exchanged life. We die to our old life and receive a new life from him. Romans 6, 8, Colossians 2, 20 and 3, 3, John 10, 10, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, 1 Peter 1, 23. The new life we get from God is created in righteousness and holiness, so it can inherit God's kingdom. Ephesians 4.24, Romans 8.17, James 2.5. When we give our old life to Jesus and receive His new life, then we can have access to His kingdom. Colossians 1.12 and 3.12. And we get to live under His reign. Jesus becomes our life our King, our Savior, our Lord. We were far from God, but Jesus brings us near. Ephesians 2.13 We were in sin, but Jesus makes us righteous. 2 Corinthians 5.21 We were in darkness, but Jesus makes us light. Ephesians 5.8 We were under the domain of the devil, but Jesus brings us into the kingdom of God. Acts 26.18 We were dead, but Jesus makes us alive. Ephesians 2.5 We were separated from God, but Jesus unites us with God. Colossians 1.21, 1 Corinthians 6.17 The all-wise, all-good, all-loving creator of the universe can be your king. You can leave the dominion of Satan. You can be free from the dominion of sin. This is the joy of Christmas. We celebrate Jesus coming to reconcile us to God. We abound with gratitude for how he has restored us from a place of shame to a place of honor, from a place of separation and death to a place of unity and life. Jesus Christ is the Savior of all humanity and his reign, his kingdom is near to you tonight. Will you exchange your life for his life? Do you love your life in this world? Do you love the brokenness? Do you love the sin that separates you from God? Or do you want to lose your life, give up your broken life, and receive God's eternal life? God is stirring your heart right now because He loves you. He wants you to have His life. But because God's love for you is so great, He will honor you. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. He will let you refuse him. He won't force you to be united with him. He will let you choose to remain separated from him, even for all eternity. There's a song that goes, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. What makes heaven so wonderful is that God's will is done there perfectly. What makes hell awful is that it is complete separation from God. Jesus described hell as a place of undying worms and unquenchable fire. On the earth, our separation from God has been tempered by all the wonderful blessings that God gives us in creation. Air, water, food, seasons, sunsets, family, friends, laughter. Everything good in life comes from God. Hell will be the complete void of God's presence and grace, the complete absence of anything good. Don't live another moment separated from God. Don't stay under His wrath and be separated from Him for eternity. 
believe in Jesus Christ and receive his gift of true, abundant, everlasting life. The reign of God is near to you. Receive it.